Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon. You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real Wood smoke, real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Right Brand Bacon. That's called Right Brand Bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Settle on a poll question. Got our play of the day coming up. Your phone calls as well. That was a game that was out of the 1980s, late 80s, early 90s. It was sort of Greco-Roman wrestling where you go back to the, the Knicks with Pat Riley. It was physical. And uh, first team to 90, it felt like they were going to win that game. Oh, Paulie is back. All Hi, right. Buddy. Okay. Buddy. Let's go. All right. That's good. You look tan. I like the little the, the hoodie there. Yeah. So I got my, uh, my, my hockey hoodie on here. Todd, do you know the name of this team? That would be uh, the Seattle team. The, the Seattle uh, Kraken. Yay. All right. <laughs> Who says we don't talk hockey on this show? That's Aww. it for the year. That's it. We're done. Marvin. Yeah! <laughs> Game five coming up tonight with uh, Vegas and uh, Panthers. He's Rex Chapman. He's launched a new podcast. It's called Owned, where he takes a deep dive into the world of uh, pro sports owners. He's talking to uh, journalists and athletes, comedians, actors, and even the owners themselves. You got, uh, you're got you going to be uh, doing Marge Schott, Donald Sterling, Vince McMahon, uh, the late Jerry Buss. And uh, Rex joins us from uh, New York City. Look at you. You're an entrepreneur is what you are. Yeah, that's what they call me. I'm glad that uh, when you think of the rough and tumble 80s and 90s basketball, you think of Rex Chapman. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was bad basketball back then. Games were played in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s aesthetically. Even though you had the greatest player, you had the greatest players – with Bird and, and Magic and Michael and, you know, they they had so much physicality to it that they didn't have the free-flowing, uh, you know, sort of artistry that you have now. No question. I mean, it, it's it's so fun to watch now. Guys are so good, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. We still had bigs that played, traditional bigs that, you know, some of them weren't as skilled. And uh, now you can't. Team switch everything one through five. Big guys can guard like guards. Big guys can shoot like guards. So it's just a fun game to watch right now. And everybody seems like everybody's way better with their offhand than they used to be. All right. How do you categorize the Joker? We we love to do player comps. We love to say reminds me of. It's almost like he's a he's a hybrid of uh, uh, quite a few players. I think he's a seven foot Steve Nash. He's a seven-foot point guard. He's playing at a okay. – he, he brings brings the ball up the floor. He can shoot the ball. You wish he shot it more because he shoots a high percentage. He's the most dominant low-post player in the game we have right now. But physically, if you look at him, you go, man, he's at a – He's guys have a mismatch with him athletically every single night, and they can't do anything with him the same way they thought people thought about Steve. Steve would play against Baron Davis, and we'd go, oh, my God, how's he going to do that? But he did it, and, you know, he's getting triple-double doing it. Joker's no joke, man. He's, he's the real thing. But also, when you factor in, and I, I'm hung up on this, when uh, Perkins said this on the mothership that he pads his stats, and I go, tell me a guy who has 50 other players in the regular season who shoot more field goal attempts than him, and tell me he's a, a guy who's padding his stats. 
not I, I I love Perk. I think Perk's terrific. He's fun to watch. I don't always agree with Perk, and I definitely didn't on this one. Uh, the guy is just dominant. He might not be the prettiest thing to look at. You know, if you think about he's he's more like he's like Tim Duncan. You know, he's kind of a plotter. He the way he runs up and down the floor, he's not the most fluid player in the world. You look at the end of the game and he's got 20 and 20. I mean, the guy's just something else. And the way he passes the ball, I just found out recently some of that is a product of him playing water polo growing up. Did you know that? Yeah, I just found that out yesterday. That's amazing. But if you see how he holds the ball, Rex, that's water polo. Yeah, it's water polo. And you've got to be a great athlete to do that. I don't know how much water polo you've watched. We didn't have much of it on the East Coast uh, growing up, Dan. But uh, water polo players, and you've got to be a great swimmer. So he's all kinds of a good athlete. He's just not the t- traditional athlete we're, we look at. But we're looking at the European basketball player, and we've changed our opinion because the best players in the oh, NBA yeah. are not from the United States. They didn't play college basketball. Would we think differently of you know, Jokic if he played at Duke for one year or Giannis if he played one year or Luka Probably. if he – because it, it feels like we're slow to embrace them as, man, they're good. It's like, I agree. I don't know. I agree. I agree. You know, when I first came in the league, I think uh, the first foreign player was Sharunas Marcellonis, uh, or one of the first. And, you know, the league was not, didn't, didn't really welcome Sharunas all that well. And slowly but surely, we had a couple other guys that would play in the league. And, uh, you know, at first, we, we looked at European basketball like it was, you know, a step down. Yeah. It's not a step down anymore. If you go watch uh, anybody play overseas, it's real basketball. Real basketball is being played everywhere at this point. The Heat didn't make it to a game six or game seven because of what? Uh, because they ran out of juice. I, I think Jimmy was exhausted. You know, you can only lose guys so much and continue to to plug them in uh guys are playing more minutes you know that to to have a guy like tyler hero goes go out a 20 point score and then be able to still make it to the finals damn near win it all it's just a testament my first year down in miami as a player was pat's first year pat riley's first year as the coach down there and eric spolster's first year as the i remember eric coming in late at night with the old remember the cds they would he would they would burn cds that would have all of our highlights or low lights on it and about three o'clock every morning i would hear eric come by the door and flip a cd under my <laughs> under my door so i was supposed to watch that before practice uh and hard to believe that's 25 years ago um but eric just continues to do it the system that they have down there they're always going to be in games because they're disciplined their defense prevails and they get guys that are committed to winning and playing the right way. It's just beautiful to watch. He's Rex Chapman, NBA TV studio analyst, former NBA player, and his new podcast is Owned. What fascinated you about doing a podcast on owners? Well, uh, if you remember, I had a great run with CNN Plus. That show was just fantastic, as you might remember. No, it wasn't. It was... <laughs> <laughs> what what happened to that? It ended. They blew up CNN Plus in a month. So anyway, I was in New York, and after that, I got a call from uh, the guys at Smartless. Did, did you Corson. leave your car running at CNN? Is is that how short <laughs> your stay at CNN was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I moved up there and could have drove up and could have driven home. Yeah, uh, right back to Kentucky. No, it was a it was a terrific experience. And then, but from that, um, you know, I had some time and guys at Smartless, the podcast, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, Will Arnett, those guys have created a fantastic brand uh, with their podcast, and they've spun off a couple podcasts. And this one, I'm really excited about. This is their first one about sports about sports owners and the more i've gotten into it the more i've realized you know we haven't done enough on sports owners over the year in the media um this is it's fascinating um i think you mentioned some of the people we've got we've had russell crowe who he that episode came out yesterday first episode with russell crowe and learning that story I, i found it just fascinating dan that 
you know, we have these famous people, Russell Crowe, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman owns the Angels in Los Angeles now. Russell Crowe owns his childhood rugby team that he bought from Rupert Murdoch in the like 2004 for three million dollars. It had run into the ground. He put some money into it. They win the title 10 years later and the team's worth $85 million today. And Russell Crowe's done some amazing things in this life. But you should hear him gush about yeah. this football rugby ownership. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it's like whenever you talk to an actor, they want to they don't want to talk acting, they want to talk sports. <laughs> or if right. you, you talk to a musician, they don't want to talk music, they want to talk sports. I run into this all the time. Uh, let me uh, hit you with a couple of things here in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, if you're Portland, do you trade Dame Lillard? I, I think you probably do. I, I, you know, he's been as loyal. I love Dame Lillard, uh, a huge fan of him as a player, but also as a person. I've gotten to know him over the years. And you talk about just a humble guy that goes out there. He comes to play every single night. I just feel like that franchise, he's given that franchise the best that he can give them. I'm just not sure that they can get there with him uh, putting other pieces around him at this point. So I, I do feel like it's probably time to move. Chris Paul, best place Chris for Paul. Chris Paul to land is where? Phoenix. I think Phoenix. I, th I still think Phoenix. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's going to have options. Chris Paul is one of the greatest point guards we've ever had in this league. I can't believe he's still playing at such a high level at age 37, 38. Um, but it, whether it's Phoenix or somewhere else, somebody's going to pick up Chris and, and get somebody that's highly motivated to win right away. But I still think there's a chance Phoenix keeps it. Okay, so he comes back for less money because I think he's scheduled to make $30 million. Do they? What, would he come back under those circumstances? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Okay. I, I, I really don't, yeah. Because I, I don't I, know I if I he just says, that. you know what, it's a slap in the face. They're not going to pay me $30 million. Uh, LeBron, I'm uh, – I'm ready to come help the Lakers. Well, do you think LeBron wants it? Well, I mean, that, that that's, that's, a, that's what I wondered. Yeah. How does that work if you're a player and your buddy wants to join you, but you're not sure if your buddy can help you get to the next level? I, you know, I think maybe we saw a little bit of that with um, Carmelo because Melo, yeah. you know, was kind of out there. And then LeBron and Melo went there and he did his best. Uh, you know, he was just running on fumes at that point. I don't think Chris is there. I think Chris is, still has gas in the tank. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Kyrie, it feels like he he's going to resign with Dallas. That makes the most sense. It seems like that. It seems like they sort of have to, right? I mean, they gave up a, a bit to get him and uh, to lose him, yeah. to lose him for nothing, or to not turn him into what you know. To not get the value from Kyrie Irving that you would hope to get, and I think you do have to resign it. Okay, but how do you deal with a teammate? And, and I don't know if you ever had a teammate who was anywhere near what Kyrie is, and that is extremely talented, but you're not quite sure what you get every single day personally with him. Um, I think it's I think it's that's difficult you know you know how it is dan you've got your team right there with you. you being a being on a team is is way bigger than yourself and i think you have to you know we've we've seen Kyrie so good we've seen that he's able to give of himself enough to win a title he's done that once with lebron um he hasn't been able to do it without lebron and i think that that's a that's something that he, that he probably is trying to address um but yeah i i i think dallas has to resign uh, Kyrie. Does he work we, with Luca though? I, I think that's a valid question for anybody. Yeah. Does X work with Luca? We don't know the answer to that yet. Does anyone? Um, we've shown he's he's a fantastic player, but they're both so ball dominant. I'm not sure how that really works. Yeah, I brought this question up to Reggie Miller yesterday. I said, "Would you rather have Luca or Jokic?" And he said, "Jokic." Uh, Jokic. Yes, Jokic. But now, a year ago also, or two years ago, you might have answered it differently. Maybe, maybe I guess you know we're starting to. Hey, we fall in love with guys who come right into the league. We everyone fell in love with the Zinger. Remember that a couple of uh, Porzingis, yeah, uh, uh, in New York, and then he was the next. You know, he was off everybody's list. So, 
Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a Luca guy. I believe in him. And again, you've seen him working out this summer. If that dude ever is able to get in shape and be in shape at the beginning of the year, look out. Look out. What do you remember from the slam dunk contest? Losing. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? Uh that, that's it. Uh the first year I lost to Dominique Wilkins, which not everybody can say they <laughs> there's, lost the third dunk contest to Dominique Wilkins. No shame in that. Yeah. And then uh the next year I felt like I got robbed a little bit. I uh was uh in Charlotte and the Hornets really wanted me to do it. I didn't want to do it again. And uh, they vers- they kind of twisted my arm and made me do it. And then uh, D. Brown pulled out his that dunk and uh, where he covered his eyes and pumped up his sneakers. And won do you think D. Brown actually covered his eyes, Rex? No, of course not. Okay, right. okay. <laughs> It's like said Sabalos with a see-through blindfold. <laughs> wait, wait. Said Sabalos could see through the blindfold. Of course he could. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, well, you were at least in. You know, white men can jump. I mean, yeah, I, w- I was third in the dunk contest one time. So yeah, I'll take it. I guess behind Sean Kemp and D Brown. So those, when you're getting beat by D. Brown and Sean Kemp and Dominique Wilkins, I guess you're doing something. You okay. got yeah. There's no shame there. No shame whatsoever. Hey, uh, Dan, can you still shoot it? Can yes. you still shoot it, man? Oh yeah, yeah. No threes though. You don't have the range anymore. No, Fifteen feet. I can't. Right? I can't do NBA threes anymore. I, I can't either. I shot an NBA three last week. Just I was happened to be on the side of the court three feet short and then i started <laughs> trying to jump a little bit finally grazed the rim and i was like no i'm too old for this <laughs> is it is it sad that you can't jump anymore it's sad oh yes so sad you what know, was your the, vertical what was your vertical i think it was 37 or 38 ish okay right around in there yeah yeah not not crazy but it was uh yeah i mean especially when you grow up and that's sort of part of who you are uh when that's gone yeah you feel you feel different you just feel different but, but you can still shoot well i can shoot from 12 feet and in yeah <laughs> yeah that's not not a lot of fun if i had a shooting contest 15 feet away you and michael jordan right now right now oh me 15 feet yeah me yeah yeah me shooting contest with mj i'll take me and I'm not, I wasn't the great, I was a great shooter. I wasn't a great maker. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Rex, you were a great scorer. You weren't, okay, you were you. a high percentage shooter. Mm-mm. Like you get on a roll I, and, and I could get hot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I could, I, Dan, true story. I didn't know how to pump fake until I got into the NBA. I had always jumped up <laughs> over everyone to. else. I did, and I never. But the other part of that, Del Curry showed me. He said, "You got to stay down. Just show the ball," because teams were saying they were saying, "Fly it, Rex. He'll just shoot it. He'll jump up and shoot it." And I didn't know how to shot fake. The other part of that was, I never had an open shot ever. I it wasn't. I didn't know how to make an open shot. I still jumped using the same elevation that I did on a contested three point shot. So. Yes, I was not a great shooter, but I could get hot from time to time. Did you see Steph Curry as a, a kid? Oh, yeah. Stephen is my my rookie year. I pulled up uh, in Charlotte to the apartment com- complex uh, a week late. I held out for a week for $25,000 more. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and missed a week of training camp, but I pulled up to my apartment. And I got out, and there were three people standing there waiting for me to help me load my stuff into my apartment. Sonia Curry, Del Curry, and baby Stephen Curry was about five months old. So Stephen was my first little buddy uh, in the NBA. Uh, they used to bring him down once a week, go to a movie, drop him off with me, and I would just hope he was alive by the time, time they came back. I was <laughs> Wait, you babysat Steph Curry? Babysat Steph, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> were first, you changing diapers? Changing diapers, all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's my little buddy. Uh, uh, and I, I, I couldn't be more happy for him. I think if, Del Curry is one of the finest people I've ever known. And uh, he's he's uh, produced two of the greatest shooters in the history of the game. And Del wasn't bad himself. Yeah, Del was great from the, the yep. side. Side, yep. yep. 
He'd, he'd yep. let him let him uh, take that open jumper he was making him. Uh, <laughs> Rex has a, a new podcast. It's called Owned. Where can they? Uh, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can listen to Own. Be sure and check it out. It'll be released once a week. We've got Russell Crowe out now. I think we've got Dr. Jerry Buss with Jeannie Buss next week. Awesome. We've got Natalie Portman, Marge Shot. Mukesh Ambani, Jerry Jones, Roy Wood Jr. We've got fans of sports that come on. Paul Shear. It's, it's, it's a really fun deal. I'm having a blast with it. Great to talk to you again, Rex. Thanks, buddy. You too, bud. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's the original light beer. 1975, Miller Lite. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day, I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Lite, my friend, right there with me. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it. I would no, you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. George Kittle, the Niners tight end, four-time pro bowler, and uh, tight end university begins its third year, three-day event at Vandy in Nashville from June 20th through the 22nd. George is uh, back on the program. We haven't played the how much can you bench game in a while. How about we do this with George? How much do you think? Max, one rep. Todd, what do you think for uh, George? 425. 425. Holy moly. Okay. Seton? Say 345. All right. Marvin? That's respectful. Marvin? 385. 385. Okay. Paulie? I'm going to go four even based off his reaction. Four even. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 390. Wow. How much can George Kittle bench press one time? Max rep is what? Um, I haven't done a max rep in about two years, but I think it was, I think I got 405. 405. Okay. I think, right. I, I think I got it once. Now, I did have like one board on my chest just for that, but I'm going to take it. Okay. What's That's the fair, mo- right? What's the most you've seen somebody bench press? I watched Shaq Thompson, the guard. Uh, he works out with me in Nashville. And the bar was bending on both sides as he <laughs> benched it. And he was benching more than I squat. So, and that's, I squat a lot. So that, that was kind of humbling experience to see him do that. Well, what are we talking about? 500, 600? Yeah, somewhere. It was, it was absolutely disgusting. Yeah, over, it was over 550, I'm pretty sure. But Maybe if I, 500, who, 550. Who would bench the most at tight end university? Hmm, it's a good question. Um, you know, my first name that came to my head was like Luke Stocker, old Titans tight end. Big, he's a big, big stocky guy. I work out with him too. 
I would say him or um, Hayden Hurst is look. He's a strong dude. He's he's got some girth to him. I would definitely say Hayden. He's he's definitely a strong guy. When did the tight end position change? Uh, like from being an extra left tackle. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think there's guys that started to change from Tony G to Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp, like guys that were ahead of their time. Uh, because nowadays, if you have a tight end that can only run block and he can't run routes, he's only playing like 10 snaps a game. And so to be able to play the, you know, if you want to play every single snap, if you want to get paid like a top guy, you have to do be able to do everything and you have to get out there and run routes. Um, but I think it was like the biggest, I think um, Gronk and Kelsey and uh, like Jimmy Graham was kind of like the, he was like right before Gronk and Kelsey. And I think they both really changed the game with just their passing because, with the receiving stuff, just because once you have a tight end that can dominate the middle of a field going against nickels and linebackers, or you have to use two guys to cover him, and then you open up all the outside guys, I think that completely changed the game. So, I mean, I would say like seven to seven to ten years ago, I think the game's completely changed, and I think it just keeps getting faster and faster with the tight end position. Yeah, I go back to Mike Ditka and John Mackey. Those were guys who could break open and break yeah. off a five, ten-yard pass reception and they could take it a long distance. Kellen Winslow might have been the first athletic tight end and almost felt like that was a wide receiver, but uh, Kellen Winslow was probably the first one that I remember. And then as far as getting paid, you know, wide receivers get paid. Where do the tight ends sort of fit? How do you get paid as a tight end and where you can get uh, wide receiver money? Well, um, if you look back at it, in the last six years, I'm pretty sure Travis Kelsey is leading the NFL in receiving yards, and he makes half of what uh, our top wide receivers are making. And that doesn't make sense to me. And so I'll continually be a vocal uh, voice for tight ends uh, to get paid more money. But, um, you know, that's just the battle we're fighting. That's kind of the point of tight end you is just to elevate the position so more guys have an opportunity to go out there and secure a bag and to raise that, uh, to raise that pay grade for all of us. Yeah, but you guys are so important now. Thank you. But it's like running backs, though, George. You know, running backs are still important. You know, they're catch. They got to catch, eight, you know, eighty passes and rush for a thousand yards. They have a short career, and they don't get any respect whatsoever. Why is that? Oh, Dan, you're getting me fired up today, man. That's crazy. Uh you know what? You look at a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who one season had over a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing, and uh, you know I think he's his contract might be sixteen million, and which is awesome. And I'm not going to complain about making millions of dollars. I'm not. But when you compare it to other guys in the league, um, you know there's wide receivers who are second string wide receivers making twenty or making eighteen million, and this is a guy like Christian McCaffrey or uh, Dalvin Cook, four one thousand yard seasons in a row. He's twenty seven years old. He's got at least three to five left them at a high level, in my opinion. Um, but, like, you just look at Christian. The, like, every single play, he affects the defense. Even if he's running a wide route to the side, there's two guys looking at him, which is opening up the middle of the field for everybody else. And I'm not saying that the Niners should pay Christian McCaffrey more money. You know, I hope they do. He's fantastic. But just the running back position itself is very disrespected because of the amount of carries and touches that these guys get every single game. And, um, and like, another thing is, like, an argument is, oh, running backs get hurt a lot. You know, they're, they're, they're whatever, like their livelihood in the NFL is not as long as people. I argue that with OBJ just came off of two season-ending surgeries, and he's making $18 million. <laughs> so don't, don't say it's injuries. Don't say that. It's about the player, and OBJ is fantastic, and I, you know, I wish him success. But, like, if you're going to pay a guy who's coming off two surgeries $18 million, how can the best running back in the NFL make sixteen? And then how can the best tight ends in the NFL make 15 or less? He's crazy. George Kittle, the Niners' tight end, four bowl, uh, four-time four pro bowler. Explain Cooper Cup. Ooh. Um, he's like a calm, silent, assassin technician. He just does everything right. I see how, I've seen him work before. I uh, hung out with him a couple times. Fantastic dude. Uh, family dude. But like just his his intent with what he does is pretty I think that's what makes him so good is every time he touches a field, his intent is to be great and to be the best one on the field. And that's what it looks like on film. Um and you see everything that he does. He can run out of route on anybody, whether it's a corner, safety, nickel, linebacker, it doesn't matter who's covering him, he can be double covered. 
And he's also really smart. You see those post-game interviews where he's talking about the the fire blitz off the side. He's hot off of this and all that stuff, <laughs> which is, you know, I, and, you know, I, I can uh, – I see that as well. I just don't explain in the same terms as he does. But he uh, – the way that he breaks that stuff down, it's really impressive. So you know that every time he's running a route, he's seeing the whole defense and he's seeing – hey, the leverage is outside. I know that it's probably one plug. So when I run this route, I need to create a little bit more width on the outside. So when I do break inside, there's a window for Stafford to hit me. And you can see that thought process when you watch this film. And uh, he's fantastic. I mean, what can you say about that? The triple crown a year ago. So, you know, I hope he comes back healthy and just dominates again, except for the, against the Niners. What was it like in the huddle when you were playing Philadelphia in the playoffs? Before or after I lost two and a half quarterbacks? Well, the whole process there, that you start out, you got to feel good. Brock Purdy, yeah. we're, we're feeling good about our team. Then he gets hurt. <laughs> and, and then what are, you, what are you thinking now? And then when McCaffrey comes in as your quarterback, what are you thinking? <laughs> uh, you know what? I was incredibly confident before the game. Uh, Purdy was 8-0. He's hot. Our office was averaging 30 points a game, number one defense in the league. Uh, so, I mean, I think all of our confidence was sky high. Um, Brock gets hurt. Uh, Josh Johnson comes in. You know, I played with Josh. That was my second, second and a half year playing with Josh Johnson. Uh, definitely have gotten a lot of reps with him. You know, one of the years we played together, I was coming off the IR, and so I got a bunch of reps with him. Know he can throw a ball. Know he knows the offense. So, still confident. Um you know, I mean, honestly, I was still really confident. As long as someone's back there can throw a football, I know that we can still run our offense. Um, and then, you know, once Josh got hurt, which was really unfortunate about, was that like a drive into the third quarter? And then Christian comes in or Brock Purdy comes in and he can't throw left-handed, which I'm very disappointed about. And, hey, I was telling John Lynch, we should draft quarterbacks who can throw both arms. Why not? Seems like a simple thing to do. You know, I have to run block, pass pro, and run around. So why okay. can't a quarterback throw with two arms? All right. Fair but, point. Um, Fair point. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Dan. Um, but so, I mean, it was – the whole just – it just kind of sucked. It just – I mean, you look at guys and – especially when the second when, – when we're out of quarterbacks, we're just on our running back or our – quarterback that can't throw you're just kind of like well you know that we're going to get 11 in the box they're going to blitz every single play <clears throat> there's literally nothing that we can do there's no trick play that we can run um we're already down 14 points like it was uh it was definitely dying a slow death <laughs> that's about that's about what it was and i mean there's not much we could do differently about it um you know i had people hit me up like hey you know you just got to work harder and that's how you guys are going to win next year and it's just like i don't know winning 12 games straight and then losing two quarterbacks doesn't really feel like I need to work harder. It just feels like I need to be a little bit luckier yeah. that my quarterback stays healthy. So, you know, there's that. Um, nothing that, you know, I don't really linger with it, too. I thought I played a pretty good game. Uh, nothing really I could have done differently at that point, too. But uh, it is what it is. You know, Are you expecting Brock to be starting week one? Oh, yeah. I am. I mean, if you win eight games in a row – it's hard to bench that guy. No, I mean, health-wise, health-wise. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I think, I mean, he's been throwing. I think he looks good. I've seen him throw once or twice. Um, he's confident. He's in a good place mentally uh, and physically. So I'm excited about that, you know. Um, like I said, we were rolling with him averaging 30 points a game. So, why? I mean, looking forward to it. What do you hope these tight ends get out of tight end university? Uh, let's see. The main things I hope they get is, first – I hope then, like, when a rookie finishes his first game uh, against a team that he is is comfortable going across the field and talking to other tight ends and to feel like they're not alone out here and they're not just, like, at you know, out at sea by themselves. And if they want to, they can text me. They can text Travis Kelsey. They can hit up Greg Olson. Um, they can hit up Hayden Hurst. They can hit up Dallas Goddard and ask him questions. And it's just kind of building a brotherhood of, you know, whether it's support or, you know, just friendship. That's kind of my biggest goal with the tight end you. Um, after that, I hope guys come in and they learn a thing or two about whether it's run game, running routes, or just your mindset approaching certain and individual plays, whether it's a game or a game week. It's just learning how to play the tight end position at a high level. That's what I hope to get out of it. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Quarterbacks seem to have this fraternity, and I don't know if other positions do, but you're you're trying to create that fraternal nature with with tight ends. This is how pros do it this is what's going to happen your first year this is where you know you need to improve you know those kind of things so it's it's sort of a seminar tutorial a powerpoint of how to play the position it's pretty cool pretty cool 
Thanks, Dan. No, it's fun. And, you know, this year we got uh, Gronks coming through. Really excited about that. Uh-oh. Kegs, keg stands. Uh, we'll see. Hey, you said fraternity. That's, that was your <laughs> word, not mine. Um, we got that. Um, and then what – well, actually, one of my favorite guests we got coming this year is uh, Jordan Reed, and he's going to teach releases, uh, which I'm really excited about. So we have, like, a whole highlight reel of his top releases, and he's just going to talk about his mindset. Hey, this guy's press at the inside release route. These are the thought, my thought process going into these releases. And while I don't know if everybody can do Jordan Reed's releases because he's one of the freakiest <laughs> athletes I've ever seen, it'll still be fun to be able to see that and be able to uh, kind of apply that to your game. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good time. Will Ferrell is uh, Frank the Tank. He, you know, so Gronk would be Frank the Tank from Will Ferrell in old school where there's going to be keg stands. And yeah. we could get loose here at tight end university. You know, um, we're not going to not have a good time. I will say that. We're going to have some fun. Okay. And then you have partners there, event partners, to, to help you as well. So they'll be involved in this as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, the whole thing, the reason that we can do all this is because of our sponsors. Um, Charmin is one of our big sponsors. You can see that right here. See that on my T-shirt oh, right here? Okay. Um, you know, Charmin, tight ends. It kind of goes hand in hand, let's just be honest. Uh, so they're, you know, a big partner. Uh, Bridgestone is a huge part of, partner for us, too. They're back for year three. Um, we're actually cool, too. We always, like, try to get back at some point during tight end U. So about 20 of the 75 guys, uh, we're going to meet up with about 150 high school kids and 50 middle schoolers and talk about literacy and why reading is important, why school is so important. So to be able to give back to the national community. Don't, bring, don't bring Gronk to that. You know, I think, see, one of the things, you know, Calvin and Hobbes? Yeah. All right, so I'm a big Calvin and Hobbes guy. I got him tatted on my hand right there. <laughs> I know. So, uh, but Of course the, you do. <laughs> with the fifth and sixth graders, we're going to go through a bunch of Calvin and Hobbes books. So I think Gronk could participate okay. in that one. Pretty right. uh, let's see. We got um, Raising Cane's, one of my favorite, favorite chicken restaurants. I'm obsessed with Raising Cane's sauce, so really excited to see them back. And, um, you know, Levi's, because every tight end looks great in a pair of Levi's. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah, I see what you're doing. I think we need to have a long snapper you, because, you know, those guys are forgotten. You know, there, there's a science to being a long snapper, and you only get mentioned when you screw up. <laughs> I know, isn't that brutal? The only time, you could have, a, you could have like 10 game-winning ones in a year, and no one will say your name once. And one mildly bad snap, and you're off. You're out of the NFL. What's it? Crazy. What's it like in the huddle when somebody gets called for holding, and it, and you have to bring back a long touchdown, and then they announce that holding number seventy three, and then he has to come back into the huddle. Anybody say anything? I had one of those this year. It was ah, uh, you know what? I'm not allowed to say that it's a bad call, but I disagree with the call. Okay. Um, and I had a holding call on a touchdown by Elijah Mitchell. We we're playing the Saints. And I think I was blocking the guy, and he tried to move, and he tripped over my foot. And so he kind of fell a little bit, and, they, and the back judge threw a flag on me. It was like a 50-yard touchdown run. Mm. And they're like, yeah, holding 85. I just say, Trip Williams looks at me and goes, don't even think about it. Terrible call. Don't worry about it. I'm like, thank you, Trent Williams. I feel great about myself now. <laughs> Have fun there. Play nice at tight end university at uh, Vandy, the 20th through the 22nd. He's uh, George Kittle. Thank you, George. Good to talk to you again. Dan, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. Uh, how was it like hitting Stone Cold Steve Austin with a chair? It was very nerve-wracking. I have the chair right over there in the corner. Oh, you still have, and, you still have it. That's so cool. Yes. Um, he had a pad. Uh, uh, it was probably an 8 by 8 pad on his back. And he said, "What? just make sure you hit me right there. And I go, okay. So I have a chair. I have a folding chair. And I smack him. And then he goes, you got to hit me harder than that. And I hit him again. He goes, harder. And then I, we did like five takes. The last one that I did, I swung so hard with the metal chair, you can see the paper on the bulletin board like flying. I hit him so hard, and he goes, that, yeah, can I have another one, Dan? In, in, in the commercial, I did. And I hit him again. There's a big dent in it, but I had to hit him right on that pad. And I thought, oh, my God, if I miss and it glances up and, you know, nerve-wracking, nerve-wracking. But he was so much fun and a great sport, and it probably took us 30 minutes to do that. But when he said, you got to hit me harder than that, 
And I went, all right, I'm going to. And, uh, you know, we, I went all in on it. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing, man. Good dude. Really Good dude. That. All right. Thank you, George. Yep. See you guys. That's tight end university. George Kittle. Always good to have him on. That's pretty cool what they're doing. All right, let's take a break. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. What do you get when you combine a three-time manager of the year and a three-time national sports writer of the year? It's the Book of Joe podcast. Hey, this is Tom Verducci from Fox Sports, MLB Network, and Sports Illustrated. And I'm Joe Madden, and we're going to be around to talk a little bit about managerial decisions, playoff games, and what may have occurred in the dugout maybe in the 1980s. I can't wait for this, Joe. We're going to dive into what goes on in the dugout and behind the scenes in Major League Baseball. Cars, wine, whatever else we want to talk about. Listen to the Book of Joe podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. I finished the show Jury Duty. I had mentioned it yesterday, and uh, all actors, including James Marsden, who's been in some pretty famous movies, they're all actors except for one, and the jury foreman, and he doesn't know that everybody's an actor because James Marsden plays himself as an actor who's being called in for jury duty, and he does a wonderful job. The other actors, uh, from everybody on the jury to the judge, everybody is uh, an actor, and they are actually hearing an, uh, an actual case. And then at the very end, you know, he finds out that everybody was an actor. It was well done. They pulled it off. I don't know how they pulled it off, but if you get an opportunity, it's, it's a fun watch it's called Jury Duty. And I think uh, it's just one season because it ended when the trial ended. And I'm shocked that they were able to pull off eight episodes with this, seven episodes with this guy, because there's a lot of things that happen in this series, crazy things that happen. But through it all, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he, he just was a good person, and he got rewarded at the very end. I don't want to spoil that, but he gets rewarded at the very end. Yes, Paulie. So it's like a semi-reality comedy. Is that yeah? Kind of. Yeah. Semi-reality. Yeah. It it can't be a reality if they're actors. I don't think. A hybrid, but, like a hybrid show almost. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that they probably pitched this to quite a few people, and they're going, okay. And it, and it takes place in Huntington Beach, California. They have the actual courthouse. They go in. You know, everything is on the up and up. It looks professional, everything about it. But it is, the characters are wonderful. There's some crazy stuff that goes on, but it's, it's well worth your time. Jury duty. Uh, let's see. Michael in Fort Wayne, Indiana. By the way, Jimmy Butler doesn't want to or couldn't care less about the Hall of Fame. 
I'll have that for you uh, coming up. Uh, hey, Michael. Hey, Dan. Hey. Good morning. Hey. Congratulations on your book. I've got one quick question for you today. Uh, when you come back from commercial at the top of the hour, there is no, – there's my dogs. There's a clip recording of you announcing the book title, and in that recording, there's one word that may <laughs> ever so slightly mispronounced. I know. And I just wanted, wanted for you to confirm the word for me. It's called the occasionally accurate what of football? Annals. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. All right, Michael. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. A-N-N-A-L-S. <laughs> annals. I mean, it could be annals. Could be. Could be. And you know, if you give our production guy, Bob, a gift like that, uh, he's not turning up the chance to use it. Yeah. 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 It rarely slips by our goalie. Bob, who does uh, all of our our lead-ins there, a voiceover guy. And uh, we'll have to change that. I don't know. Maybe it helps sales. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. What else do we <laughs> help sales? I have no idea. A certain market. I mean, it is a it is a wacky book. It's a yeah. fun book. There's some fun stories in it. There. It is very snarky. Yes, but it's available in September. But you can pre-order at danpatrick.com. <laughs> uh, Zach in Wisconsin. Hey, Zach. What's on your mind today? Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, six foot, two hundred pounds. Thank you. Been waiting that for a long time. Uh, so this part of the face is like a John Wick movie. I want to steal one from Fritzy. Shouldn't it be a John Wick movie? Get it? Oh, John, okay. John Wick. Okay. okay. All right, Zach. All right. Okay. Bloop, bloop. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. Ralph in California. Hi, Ralph. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Dan. I am so happy to get a chance to talk to you. I've been listening for years and years. Went back to the great days when you were on Sports Center. I'm 5'9". And have fond memories of weighing 190 pounds. Right. I uh, thank you very much. Here's my gripe today. Mm. Last night I did something I have never done. I watched a great NBA basketball game. I saw the best team win the title. I saw the best center I've seen in years win it. And I turned on SVP for their coverage. And they spent 30 years talking about how 30 minutes talking about how drunk was everybody getting in the locker room. And I waited and I waited and I waited for someone to start talking about the game mm. and the incredible play. Mm-hmm. And they even had Jamal Murray on screen with a bottle of champagne taking slugs. And they asked him on a scale of 1 to 10, how drunk are you now? Mm. So I just I did something I've never done. I turned off SportsCenter last night. And I have never done that. So I just I just think, you know, we, we, we're maybe not uh, getting the cameras in there for the champagne showers, whether it's baseball or football or basketball. I'm thinking of the kids that love this stuff and watch that stuff, and it just bothers me. And I, I wonder if there isn't a better way to come at uh, post-game celebrations and, and the coverage of it on, 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 on the national media. Well, thank you, Ralph. I try not to program for other shows or people, and if SBP decided that that was the approach that he wanted to have, uh, you know, I'd, I'm going to guess they didn't do 30 minutes on this, but if they did five minutes on it, but that's his approach to it. Uh, but I didn't see it. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I, I watched quite a bit of it. I was up late. And it, they, Van Pelt went right to game analysis and highlights. That's how he always starts to show up. And they did like an analysis segment. And then they had a segment where they started interviewing the players. And their cover was champagne. There's stuff going on in the background. They had to kind of embrace it. But it wasn't 30 minutes of beer talk. Yeah. There's, there was analysis. Went back and forth. Yeah. Uh, Sam in St. Louis. Hi, Sam. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, Dan, I was just calling um, how unfortunate it was to see Kroenke uh, lift up another trophy. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, coming from St. Louis, yes, I'm sure that uh, that you could be a little frosty with that. But uh, being a Mizzou guy, it's good to see uh, Michael Porter Jr. win one. And, um, yeah, just unfortunate seeing Kroenke happy. All right. Well, thank you, Sam. Sorry about that. Oh, bonus coverage. Look who called in. It's a Hall of Famer. Mike Breen just called his 100th NBA Finals game last night, joining us from the Denver airport. How are you feeling, Mike? Well, every time I come here, this is one of the most extraordinary places in the entire world, the Denver airport. Ooh. The, the magnitude of, the, of the, the place, the amount of people, yet somehow it works, I, I, I can't understand it. It really is 
it's one of the great wonders of the world, this place. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. That's all we wanted to know. We appreciate your time, as always. Great to talk to you, Dan. We'll talk soon. <laughs> Uh, if I, uh, at what point did you realize, like we had two teams that didn't want, they wanted to be underdogs here, but I don't think you guys didn't treat either one as an underdog. And I talked to Jeff Van Gundy about this, but did you feel like there was an underdog feel to these two teams in the finals? Not in the finals. I, I thought Denver was an underdog team, despite having the best record in the West through most of the Western playoffs. Uh, just in the perception, because they still had to prove that they they were ready to do that. Uh, but in the finals, after what they did to the Lakers, um, then they were they were no longer underdogs. Miami certainly was, because you look at their roster, um, and I mean it's it's such an admirable team to root for, and they play so hard. And you know the phrase that Eric Spoelstra keeps using, the competitive spirit. Uh, makes you admire them so much, but they were they were definitely the underdog in that in the finals. What's it say about the sport? That's the fifth different champion we've had in the last five years. I think it's great. Um, you know, we all love the David and Goliath stories when when one team is dominant and, and we're rooting for somebody to knock them off their perch. But when you go into a, a playoff series, and I can't remember the last time I felt that. Uh, there were this many teams that had a chance to make the finals. It's just, it's just great. The unpredictability of this year made it one of my favorite seasons, just because you didn't know. And even the elite teams, they all had small margins for error. And you normally don't say that about the elite team. And they all had flaws. So you couldn't, you know, definitively say, although that doesn't stop a lot of people, but you couldn't definitively say, that's the best team, or they're going to win the title because you just didn't know. I'm wondering if the Joker is messing with us. It, like, you're around him. It, 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 it feels like he's having some fun with us, but then I hear the post-game comments, he just wants to go home. He doesn't want to go to a parade or any of that. Uh, is he messing with it or with us, or is that just him? You know, that's a great observation because um, I think you might be right. I, he has so much joy in being with his teammates, and he does seem to enjoy the banter with the media, and I think maybe just because he knows he's messing with us. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a player who combined, you know, clearly he, he wants to just be with his family, and his teammates have told us that. Uh, you know, they've said when – when the season's over, when practice is over, he just can't wait to get home to his daughter and his wife. And, and that's genuine. Uh, but at the same time, he is so competitive and so loves to win and loves to win because his team is all connected. Um, it's a very interesting combination. Like I thought, I watched him and the way he handles himself and the way he talks. You know what? He's going to one day, we're going to wake up and he's going to say, I'm done. Yeah. But yeah. then again, he loves that whole team aspect of the sport that he might not want to be done because I think he takes such great enjoyment for that. Yeah, I think he loves the game. I don't think he likes the ancillary stuff. And then I could see him one day, like in three or four years, just say, that's it. It's not like Andrew Luck, who was injured and didn't reach the pinnacle playing for a Super Bowl. The Joker's done. He's, you know, two MVPs and he's won a title. He's got five years left on his contract. I wouldn't be surprised if he walked away after that. We're talking to Mike Breen, ESPN, ABC, NBA play-by-play voice. The first time you said bang was when, and where did it come from? On the air or off the air? Oh, okay. (laughs) Because I used to say it off the air. Uh, when I was a Fordham student, I went to pretty much every Fordham basketball game. Tom Penders was the coach there, and Fordham was good. Um, and I went to all the games, and if a Fordham player hit a shot, I screamed it out in the stand. So that's what gave me the thought, maybe I'll try that on the air when I started doing college radio when I was a student at Fordham. Um, so that's that's the origin of it. And, and kind of the reason I stuck with it was because in a big moment when the crowd's going crazy, um, you know, the human voice is really not made to override a crowd. And to try and do that, I don't have one of those great deep baritone voices that some announcers have. 
but uh, for me to be able to make a concise call and not have to override a crowd and get out of the way and let the crowd enhance the moment, I thought that was a, a good word, nice one-syllable word to say it and get the hell out of the way. I thought that you came into national prominence. It was Steph Curry hitting that deep, deep, deep three against Oklahoma City. That's the first time I felt like it resonated with everybody, basketball fans. Did that Was that significant in your mind when Steph hits that really long three and then you, you gave us a bang? I think not only that one, but a, a number of other ones that Steph Curry uh, hit. <laughs> I, I, I feel he's responsible for, for a lot of my uh, notoriety, so to speak. And, um, no, I, I would agree with that. I think that's another excellent observation. And Although when I, when I hear that call back, Sometimes I just think, who is this screaming fool? Uh, because it's, I just got so caught up. It really was an out-of-body experience. And it's just, I love the game so much. And when you see players do these extraordinary things, I, I can't help but get crazy and excited because, uh, you know, again, it's just the passion for the game. Uh, Ray Allen's shot, too, was uh, another one that was uh, national landscape stuff. When you, you know, you're doing one with the NBA Finals. Uh, and by the way, I was wondering about this. If you had a shooting contest with you, Mark Jackson, and Jeff Van Gundy, I think I'm taking you. Well, it depends on the range. I have, I don't have three-point range, but I'm, I'll stand up to anybody from 17 feet and in of those two. Now, Jeff is sneaky good, sneaky good. And, of course, uh, from what I understand, Mark was a player at some point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, all three, if you asked the three of us yeah. who would win, all three of us would say, oh, I'd win. All three. This, uh, might be, this actually might be a good thing to do, a context to finally settle it once and for all. I would call it, and I would, uh, you know, whoever hit the game winner, of course, I would yell out, bang! <laughs> I'll do it. I will have to get on this. We'll have to get on this. This could be this could be something interesting. Did you get to take part in the celebration last night? Um, I, I feel I did, but just sitting there, uh, we were all saying after the game. Now, you know, we've had the, uh, the great fortune of being around a lot and seeing a lot of these championship celebrations. That that was one of my favorites. I, there was just a feeling of of joy. Um, and you know, when it's the first title ever, it's always something special. Uh, when it hasn't happened in a long time, it's always something special, but there was something about it. And maybe it was because of, of the, um, the group that, that won it. There's such a likable group, uh, including the head coach and, and Michael Malone. I've known since, since I was like 28 years old. Uh, so that was all kind of part of seeing it. But when you see, and I say it every year though, when, when you see these players, act like little kids. You know, there's millionaires who are stars and celebrities, and they just get, they get cut down to being little kids jumping for joy. It's, um, it's a great, great thing to see. A lot of fun, as always. Thank you, Mike. Safe travels back home. All right, Dan. Always a pleasure, bud. That's uh, Mike Breen, play-by-play voice, ESPN ABC. That was the 100th NBA Finals game that he has called. And he's a uh, Hall of Famer. Calling us from the air. Kind of low-key the man right there. Yeah. He's sort of the joker of broadcasters, I think. Yeah, I can see it. Like, he just wants to go home. That's all he wants to do. Job done? Yeah. Time to go home. Yeah, Paul. I got a couple things for you. Dogma Brewing in Soder, Serbia. Mm -hmm. Supposed to be... The hot spot. Mm. That's where you want to get your beer in uh, mm. Joker's hometown. Mm. I don't think he's quitting the sport just yet. He's got five years left on his contract. Next year, he makes $47 million, mm. $50 million, $54 million, $58 million, and a player option for 27-28 of $62 million. Mm. Okay. So. Buy a lot of horses. Yeah. A lot of horses. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.